Hello and welcome back to Drama School Dropout, the UK's third best drama podcast. As per usual, my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout and this week it's episode 120 and I am joined by an absolutely fantastic actor who you may know from his many stints in London's West End, but currently you can see him playing King George III in Lin-Manuel Miranda's Hamilton. Please welcome to the podcast, Joel Montague. They had to have people either side of the stage with fruit pastels, so I'd run from one side, <laughs> grab a fruit pastel, and turn around and run the other way. I didn't feel like I was treated nicely yeah. on that tour, and that's where I proposed. All of this and more coming up on Drama School Dropout. Drama School Dropout. No graduation day for you. Drama School Dropout. Welcome to the podcast. How are we? I'm all good. How are you, mate? I'm good. And do you know what? It's surprisingly warm in Scotland today. So I'm quite happy. Oh, lovely. I've got an appointment later. I'm in Glasgow. I love Glasgow. I love Glasgow. Best city in Scotland. I mean, yeah, it is. For real. Yeah, no. Edinburgh's a shithole. I can't. I well, mean, I, I can, can say it. it no, Edinburgh's say it. built on a hill, and I'm fat. Like so, dead. Like, Stop it. I'm like over it. Stop but it. yeah, I've got an appointment later on, and yesterday I was like, oh, I've got. I'm gonna walk there, and it was freezing yesterday, and I was like, oh, I'm not up for that. But surprisingly warm today, so enjoy that later. But how's life? Yeah, life's all right. Thanks, mate. It's all good. You know, just kind of doing the show, and obviously. Now I'm engaged and congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Just it's a lot as a lot has definitely happened. Like kind of since I got Hamilton, since I got the call of Hamilton, a lot has happened. Like mm. so much that you there's not even enough to write in a book. Well, I mean a couple of volumes. Yeah, exactly. Well, from Hermes to Hamilton, I thought that might be my uh, my lockdown to a Hamilton story. So. Well, I know if I ever write a memoir, I'm going to call it, there's a game in this podcast, it's called Stage Right or Stage Shite, and I feel like that would be quite fitting. Dead. Like, Love it. So, but Love I, it. I do want to very quickly get out, get this out of the way. Never thought I'd be looking into this living room. Oh, what in? Because, <laughs> like, as, a, as an acting student and as a wannabe actor... I've been in, well, I've not been in that living room, but I've watched that living room quite a lot. Yeah, with with my lovely fiance. Yeah. Um, so it's kind yeah. of, I'm like, oh, you kind I've, of feel like you're I've at seen home. that before. Yeah, it's weird actually. Just so funny is that um, it's weird like talking to Carrie now about stuff because obviously I used to follow her, but I used to sort of follow her more as a as an industry. Yeah like a, a, a professional a fan rather than a rather than her sort of youtube vlogging stuff yeah. just because i think also like we have this conversation but i was i just never got into that world mm. do, do you know what i mean like if i was into anything sort of on youtube wise it'd be like stupid videos you know when you go down a rabbit hole of oh, all videos, the time yeah like it would be more like that rather than sort of conversational yeah stuff talking about rabbit holes on youtube the weirdest thing happened to me not long ago so, like you say, you fall down into these rabbit holes, and I ended up watching a couple of videos from, I can't, it's this woman, I can't remember her name, she's from, like, the middle of the Bible Belt in America, she had, like, 12 kids, they were okay. all named after people from the Bible, and, um, like, I watched a few of these videos, and it's just, like, stupid things, like, this is what I'd teach my homeschooled kids, 
And then I got locked out of that YouTube account and got back into it like maybe five years later. And the first thing that popped up was a live stream of her funeral. No. And I was like, well, their life has changed. Wow. And it was, and I was like, are people now live streaming their funerals on YouTube? Is this how far we've like come? I mean, you know, it's not my bag. No, it's not really mine either. Um, You know, it's been, it's been funny. Someone said to me, someone said to me, are you going to Instagram live your wedding? And we were like, no. (laughs) Like, could you imagine? I'm sure a lot of Carrie fans and maybe musical theatre fans might want to see it. That's definitely for us. (laughs) have you found that weird because obviously harry has a larger social media following than your average west end performer so a lot of her fans will feel like they have more of an ownership on knowing what's happening in your i mean for talking sake your engagement story was going to be broken by the news so have you found that weird sort of like coming into this world where there's a group of people that feel like they have such an ownership on your private life? I mean, I think it's weird because for me, you know, I'm very much in a world where no one has ownership of anyone. Yeah. Like, Carrie is not just because... No, they don't have an ownership, but they think they do. No, they think they do. Yeah, exactly. And that's... But I think the audacity of that is ridiculous anyway. Mm. It's like, um, you know, there's, there's been a few... There's been a lot of comments thrown my way I've had a lot of DMs of a variety and you know most people I must say the majority of people as in like 95% of people have been absolutely nothing but lovely and supportive Mm. but there's always an arsehole that ruins it for everyone there's always an uncle knobhead there's always someone and there's always someone that has a problem with something that you post or something like this. And the, the the fact is, regardless of my personal feelings and views and opinions on anything, the, the thing is, everyone is a human and everyone has different opinions of, yeah. of a variety of things. And, you know, I'm quite a strong person, but the one thing I did find very difficult, I've, I've, I'm getting used to it now, but definitely the, the opinions of other people who don't know me, who don't know Carrie, who don't know us... Yeah. Like, it's like, I think we, we did a live a couple of nights ago. Um, The first one we'd ever done, because we sort of like ju- started a little joint account because we were like, there's obviously some people that would like to see us yeah. and how we, you know, how we are with each other and whatever, which we, which we understand. But it's kind of like, there was a couple of really lovely comments kind of saying like, you know, we saw something in the pictures, but actually seeing you two on a live together, just you can just see how it works. And I'm like, that is such a lovely thing to say. However... Also, doesn't really matter if you can't see how it works. Yeah, it's not to do with anyone else how it works. As long as it works for me and Carrie. Yeah, could you imagine? They were like, we don't see this, but they're like engaged, moved into each other. But I just particularly don't see it working. No, exactly. Again, the other option to that is it's kind of like a soap opera because if you do put elements of your life on social media, you are opening up for opinion. That's what you're doing. Yeah. For me, it's the choice to be nasty. I don't understand. I never get it. Like, you can think it. Like, if I see something on TV or on social media, I can go, oh, that's not cool. Or, you know, I don't agree with that. It's the audacity to then write a comment. If it's political, if you're opening out... If it's political, I'm talking about it. Do you know what I mean? It's (laughs) it's different. But if it's like, oh, my God, had a really nice meal at this place, and then someone's like, you're fat. I'm like, why, regardless of whether I am or not, (laughs) why choose to... Say it. The assumption, Ingram, is hilarious. Like, I, I'm good mates with Davina De Campo. So yeah. me and Davina did Chicago together. I've and met I've, Davina Lords. Oh, and I, well, I've known Davina for about 10 or 12 years. Like, we met 
very early on. I met Davina the first time when she was still going about with Holy Tea. Right, so when would that be Stoke days, when she was in Stoke still, or was she in Manchester? I want to say I got into Drag Race when Michelle Visage was on Celebrity Big Brother, so you're talking like 2014, 2015. I was 17, right. actually. So let's okay. just like 2000, no, yeah, 2015. So me and Davina probably knew each other around 2007. R- right, okay, yeah. So it was, it was when, when Davina was back in Stoke. Right. In the Stoke days. Um, and actually, really, I don't even know whether Davina was actually a Davina. thing. <laughs> Obviously, I knew Davina as Owen. Yeah. Uh, then. But uh, so it was funny because I can't remember what the what the point was I was actually going to tell you. Now, Davina put a tweet. <laughs> Davina put a tweet out saying, basically quoting quoting some bigoted idiot that kind of said, gender is what's between your legs. If that's the case, then mine is something like arse, and, uh, arse anal and beads, I think she said, which I thought was hilarious. Yes. Um, I then retweeted it and liked it. <laughs> and then someone accused me of being a transphobe. Love that. So mm. it's just like, it, it just shows that I'm like, okay, so number one, you don't know that I'm friends with Davina. Number two, you don't know my comedy. I have very dark comedy anyway, but also... Me too, the, but you can't be dark comedy these days. A, it's a, horrible. A very fa- a very famous drag queen in the UK has tweeted that for a reason. Yeah. A very specific reason. So I kind of feel like if you've retweeted that and liked it from, yeah. from Davina, you're kind of on the same wavelength as Davina. Do, yeah. do you know what I mean? Um, it's just the assumptions that people make. Um, I find it yeah. unreal. The sold out five-star player is returning to Webster's Theatre. This is where we get off by Ingram Noble and Heather Spiden follows the Moffat family through some of the most difficult days of their lives. Yvonne is seven months pregnant, her husband Philip is constantly disappearing and leaving dodgy phone bills behind, their 18-year-old son Lip is debating joining the army and trying to navigate his love life, and their dog-breeding, sex-toy-selling neighbour Rhonda is still doing her weekly shop in their kitchen. How will they cope with the unexpected arrival of an estranged family member? Make sure to get your tickets from the link in the show notes below to see This Is Where We Get Off at the Webster's Theatre on the 11th of February, 2023. But w- what I do like to ask everybody that comes on the podcast is how did you get into acting and what was your first ever role? Doesn't have to be a professional one. We love a good nativity story. Oh God, but I, way before nativity. So um, basically Ingram, my mum and my auntie have a dancing school back in Crewe. Yeah. Um, so I was, born, I was born into it, but I never said, it's funny because I think people, even people back home think because that's how I was brought up, I was always destined to do this. And I'm like, yeah, but it, I never thought I was, I knew I was good at it, but I never thought I was good enough yeah. at it. Like I never thought I was able to go and do it professionally. I always thought it was just something I happened to be good at. Like when people go and play football or, you know. Yeah, because how know. many people play football versus how many people actually make it professionally? But yeah, exactly. what you're saying is funny because that's my biggest fear. Like what football? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, <laughs> going going through drama school, and I was always sort of quite good. But what if somebody turns around one day and like it's like it's that imposter syndrome in it? Like you feel like you're going to get found out, and I feel like someday somebody's going to go, "Well, he's not really good enough to pay him for it." Yeah, well, people do that to me now. <laughs> Yeah, but they yeah, do. But you, honestly, you're actually getting paid for something like, still. I'm still not getting paid. Yeah, I mean, but I'm, you know, I saw a comment recently that was like, oh, I don't like the way Joel plays King George, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, listen, I'm like, that's your opinion. I'm not going to yeah. fight you. You know, you, you have your opinion of how people play things. But also the bonus is I'm still playing him. 
So yeah. bye. Like I, that's you have to for me. As, as, as arrogant as that might come across, you have to be like that. Otherwise, if, if people's sort of objectives or their criticisms come into your brain, it, it can really hinder you. Yeah, 100%. But I, I think it's just sort of that, when especially when you're first trying to like make waves in the industry, it, it feels like... Because what I say is I was always prepared not to work when I left drama school, but what I wasn't prepared for was the nothing. So when I email casting directors and they just don't reply... That's what I wasn't prepared for. And yeah. like, I think it's just, especially coming into the industry, you're trying to make waves and you're really just splashing about in a paddling pool. Well, it, but also like you say, this, it, we're, we're talking about this industry. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't go into an ER of open heart surgery and have an opinion on how well <laughs> yeah. the surgery went. Well, that like, doctor was shit. I wouldn't be know, seeing him again. Yeah, exactly. Entertainment, music, art, whatever it is, it, it, it's been there because of opinion. Like the reason that people have become famous is because people have gone, they're brilliant. Yeah. That's really why, you know. People say um, that about me all the time. Well, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I wish they said it about me. Um, but it, but it's, it's the truth and that's kind of how things happen. So w- when I first started, I was very much in that, bubble of a dancing school yes I was favored but what's funny about when people talk about being favored it's like oh well you were favored because you were you know your mom's son and you were the nephew of your auntie and I'm like yeah I absolutely understand that but also let's not forget I was also good like if I wasn't good yeah you could totally accept those arguments but but as a parent if I was a dad and my kid couldn't sing not put them on and they like was like here's the solo I'd be like Let's not well, do that because... To be fair, my dad still let me do that shit and I couldn't sing. Yeah, well... I'd, Maybe I've I'm, just got bad parents. <laughs> I'd still... But, but you know, but you... Well, coming from a, coming from a performer... Yeah. You would, you would go, I don't... One, selfishly, I don't want to be embarrassed, let's be honest, because yeah. that's... Parents will never admit that. They'll be like, I'll be like, no. I'll be like, you, you don't want to be embarrassed, but also you don't want your kid to get slated because that's the most important yeah. thing because people can just not be very nice. Oh, 100%. And, and the thing is, is that that was the thing with, with my mum and my family. It's just like, I don't think they would have given me the opportunities if they thought people were going to turn around and be like, people People were still horrible, yeah. but people were horrible about the fact that I was doing it, not the fact that I wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah. Do you know like, what I mean? The to- total different arguments, isn't it? Yeah, which, which you're doing that because you're bitter. Yeah. You're not doing that because actually the person was rubbish. Hmm. Um, and I think that's that was a kind of a I, I kind of got a sense of that at the very beginning and then I sort of started to compete about 11, 12 I started to compete and then I realised that I had to work harder because hmm. there were more there were people that were stronger than me yeah. in other areas but also like I was in a quite a small town where I was a big fish in a small pond yeah. you go to Manchester where you're against people that are better than you you, mm. you sort of want to be alongside them because then you push yourself. And that's kind of then what happened Ingram, when I went to GSA, when I went to drama college, because I was next to people that I was like, oh, yeah, oh, you're good. Competition. Yeah. Oh, you're really, really good. Yeah. I do have to ask, though, because you're a um, you're from a dance school. What did you think of Dance Moms and Abby Lee Miller? I mean, it's it's definitely more dramatic, but it's it is what it is. Fucking love Abby. It's right. it's true. One of my favorite people in the world. It's true. But yeah, what was your first ever role? First ever role, I was a bumblebee. Love that. I was a bumblebee in my in my dance school show. This is also probably why I'm chunky. 
but they had to because I didn't really know what I was doing they had to have people either side of the stage with fruit pastels so I'd run from one side <laughs> grab a fruit pastel and turn around and run the other way but listen I think that'd work on me now it would it would work on me as well. However, what I will say is I wasn't an idiot, was I? Because I wasn't doing it for nothing. Yeah. So professional from the off. Yeah, you know, people have got to think of those advantages there. I was like, listen, he won't work for nothing. He'll work for a fruit pastel though. Yeah. So fruit fruit pastel. Yeah. I, I fucking I haven't had fruit pastels in ages, actually. I'm I love them. Get pastels. some today. The vegan, you're vegans. The vegans love a fruit pastel. We're vegan now, so there you are. Oh, I couldn't do it. I I couldn't do it. No, I couldn't, but it's still always good because after I do a thing at work called the King's Chest that I kind of yeah. do every double study where I bring in a bunch of sweets and chocolates. So obviously I have to cater for everyone. So yeah. fruit pastels and Skittles and, and midget gems are a really good shout because they're mm. they're the vegan. Also, oh. I'm not going to buy the candy kittens, which are like eight pound a packet. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, no. No, I do, I do feel like it would be relatively easy to find alternatives for loads of things. I like yeah. meat. Like yeah. I like a traditional Sunday roast with half a chicken on it. Do you know what I mean? I That's why I couldn't do it. So I don't know. Maybe I'll try one day. But you mentioned it very briefly there, Guildford, which this podcast has become sort of a a reunion site for Guildford School huh. of Acting. Or it. maybe it's just a really good school that produces really good actors. I, I don't know. But one of my favorite things to ask anybody that's been to drama school is do you have a crazy or funny drama school story? Because there's some shit that goes down behind those doors that people wouldn't believe. I keep saying it should be a sitcom. Yeah, we broke into college once. We uh, I won't mention the people involved, but I'll say I'm involved because, <laughs> oh, well, what can you do? And that building's not even there anymore. Yeah. So it doesn't, that building's a Waitrose now, so it doesn't really matter. Mm. Um, Just don't break so, into the Waitrose. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, GSA, if you're going to come with me at a lawsuit from 2008. <laughs> Um, but basically, one of my good friends, I won't mention his name, but he's still in the industry. One of my good friends um, found out that we could we could wedge the fire door open. Uh, so they had like, I think they had like jazz at the end of the day and he wedged the fire door open. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone left the building. We went to like the local Sainsbury's, got an absolute bunch of us, got a shitload of alcohol. Sounds went like in, a party. Had a wonderful time. You know what my issue would have been? Though? I'd have fell asleep and the <clears throat> lecturers would have found me the next day. So then what did happen was uh, we were partying until about half two and the cleaner came and we were like, shit! <laughs> so then we all ran out, apart from two people that decided to stay in idiotically and hide and then got found out. But luckily didn't dob us all in. I mean, I've, I've dobbed the situation. I've not dobbed who was there. Yeah, like but, um, we know it's happened now, but... Yeah, but it, it was funny at the time and we do look back on it and laugh. And, and also we were in third year. So by that mm. point, we really, we literally didn't care. We were like, yeah. guys, what are you going to do? And also there was a good 20 of us. So even if someone would have broken into the building, it's like there would have been like 20 of us. So yeah, you know. we now no longer have a third year class. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've just lost fucking a quarter of a million pounds. We've all been expelled. We've yeah. all been expelled. While what I like to think is that even when drama school goes awry, there's still loads of lessons to be learned, even if it's just about yourself. And drama school, the twice that I went, was particularly like full of lessons learned. What was the biggest lesson that you learned while you were at drama school? I said that in such That's a convoluted a really way. Question. No, 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 no. It's a really good question. I don't. I think I. I think I learned a lot of things. I. I think the big. The biggest one I think everyone learns or everyone is told is try not to compare yourself to other people. 
But yeah. it's so hard because in an industry, that's what you do. Yeah, in our then, industry, that's what you do. It's like, don't compare yourself, um, but you're all going to be at the same audition on Monday. Exactly. So then you're comparing yourself, not because of you, but you're comparing yourself into what someone else is looking for. Yeah, 100%. And I don't, you know, that person's got a better voice than me or that person's thinner than me or that person's fatter than me or taller than me or smaller than me. Do you know what I mean? Like that person mm. can sing this now, that person can dance this. It's just like, it just never stops. And I mean, the thing is for me, I, the basis of what I learned was from drama college, but I learned more of my lessons in the business. Yeah. I think. Um, but, but drama college for me, it was what you took from it that's why when people go where should i go you know art said okay i'm like people who came from art said will rave about art said people who came from guild will rave about it. it's not about where you go it's about what you take from the college yeah you could go anywhere you could go anywhere and you could become judy dench the college did not make you i mean judy that's dench. a reach judy dench but, is pretty up there but but it's true you <laughs> no know, i get what over, you're saying overnight overnight things can happen like that overnight yeah you could become the next Millie Bobby Brown. You could hit a, a, a series like Stranger Things and be on screens all around the world because that's what can happen in this industry. Look at and the guys in Squid Game. Went... Well, yeah, it's nothing to do with whether you went to, whether you, went to you know, Erdang or whether you went to Rada. Yeah. I it think the thing that. That, that constantly comes up is that it seems that people, and you'll be able to attest to this, but when I've asked people before, they've said that sometimes people who went to drama school are more like military disciplined, like they'll never be late because they've had it drilled into them for three years that if you come in late, you get locked out the building, like that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think... But also, <laughs> who's turning up late? I mean, yeah, it was, but... I don't know. I think that's a personal thing. I mean, for me, mm. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very rarely late. Uh, you know, I was I'm, very, I'm always, school. I'm always, I'm always kind of early, but I'm not like that's just the sort of person I am. I just yeah. don't like being late. That's yeah, all. In life, I'm early, but I, I slept in a lot during drama school. Dead. I just, like, yeah, I can't. I, I don't know. It's really. I think yes, it's a drama school trait, but it's like the go is acting like it's the army. It's not the army, guys. <laughs> like you know, yeah. Come on now. A hundred percent. You know, it's just you then become a when you're out in the business, you are on your own. You make your mm. own choices, you do whatever you want. I mean, for me, the biggest lesson I learned was just work hard, be kind. And yeah. if you're if you're those two things, hopefully, hopefully, not it's not guaranteed, but hopefully you will get a good reputation. And for me, a lot of my reputation has been about the fact that I've been touch wood, that I've been consistent. Yeah. Uh, do I think I'm the most talented person in the world? Absolutely not. Do I think I can, I, I know what I can do? Yeah. 100%. But, but it's not like, it's not like you go there, Ingram, and you're like, I've got this. Like, one, what idiot? I did, and that was my, like, me. I did, and that yes. was what I learned. Stop it. No, but that was, that was what I learned. I went in thinking, because like you were saying earlier, I started off at a college. So I did like, it's sort of in between an A-level and a degree. It's right. called like your HND in Scotland. Yeah. And I was like, I was the big fish in the small pond. I'd sort of had it drilled into me that I was really good and that X, Y, Z. And if I just kept going, it would happen. And then I went to drama school and I had all of these people who had been told they were really good. And I sort of just faltered because I wasn't 
like in my comfort zone do you know what i mean and then that was one thing that i learned my biggest lesson actually was that it doesn't matter what other people think because i had such a complex of like oh they didn't like that oh fuck career's over do you know what i mean and i remember thinking back on it like just before i went back after covid i was sort of thinking like just go in have fun and it doesn't really matter like if people hate it or not but yeah i was that dickhead that thought i was the best dead i've had a couple of jobs like i'm not gonna say what jobs but I've definitely gone for a couple of jobs in the industry where I've I've not really been bothered about them and I've got them. And I think because because I went in with that attitude of not not caring so much about them, it's probably why I got them. Because I didn't I didn't put pressure on myself. And it's not because they were bad jobs. They were just they were jobs that didn't interest me as much as like something yeah. like Hamilton did. Yeah, because you, know you do I mean? have things like people I've said this to have said they don't have one and I think they're all dirty liars. But you have like bucket list things. Of course you do. Like, like if two pints of lager and a packet of crisps were to come back and Susan Nixon, I'm still taking you telling me that I can be on it on this podcast as contract. Um, so just when just so you know that, Susan. Like if that was to come back, Thank I said you, Susan Nixon. I said to Susan, I'll do it for free. Like I don't want it like I'll do anything. I'll be the fucking court hanger. I just want to be part of a TV show that I loved and grew up with. And I yeah. think that when you do have things that like, so for talking sake right now, I'm doing a play that I wrote and it's something that I really love. And like, if I was auditioning for that and it wasn't me that was casting it, I'd be up all night learning the fucking lines and figuring out how to do it. But when it's something that comes along, like recently I auditioned for a play that I, I knew I wasn't going to get the part because I was too old, but right. I sort of f- threw the self tape together and I was like, oh, send it off. And I got really good feedback, but then they said, you're too old. You can't play yeah. a 16 year old. And I was like, I knew that. But I, I, and I think when you disassociate yourself with loving something, you're fine. Yeah. And I think it's just, it's just so difficult. Like, because people then go, oh, you know, right. When I tell you one thing, I'm going to go on a soapbox moment. When people say that you're ungrateful, listen. When you've worked as hard as some people in this industry have worked and you've actually been remotely remotely successful, you can't turn around and be like, you're ungrateful. None of us are ungrateful, but like any job in the world, there are always pros and cons. A hundred percent. That's the situation. So when people say, you know, you're just lucky to be in work, I'm like, no, I'm not lucky to be in work. I've worked hard to be where I am. And so has everyone else next to me, backstage, wherever they are, all Nobody is there by chance. Do you know what I mean? Like, maybe a couple of people are, but it's a very minuscule percentage compared mm. to the rest of the industry that have worked really hard to be where they are. Mm. And I just I just think it's such a disrespect because it's like there's so many out-of-work actors, and I'm like, well, that's their problem. And then I'm, I'm, I will be an out-of-work actor but when there's I don't also, do a job. There's also, like, Linda from HR that's saying that. There's also so many people that don't have a job. Not just because they're actors, and I think that they have no clue. 
that's an issue. Definitely. And I actually recently went off on someone for saying something very similar about somebody that you and I both know. Yeah. And also it kind of bugs me. I don't know how you feel about it. When people get a role in like, I remember it happened to Jonathan Groff. He got Hamilton and everyone forgot everything else he'd ever done. Well, th- do you know what? Funnily enough, that's kind of happening to me. Since I got with Carrie, people talk about- all of your me. roles now because you are engaged people, to Carrie. People, people, people talk about me as if I've just turned up. And I'm like, first of all, for all you haters out there, I got Hamilton first. Mm. I got Hamilton before me and Carrie even a thing. I mean, this is not me going off on, on Carrie because- No, I mean, but the funny thing is, they also the say life. that about Carrie because her brother well, was in McFly. Because of Tom. Yeah, it's like, wh- why are you coming for people when, and it's, and do you know what's so annoying? People go, oh, it's this. And I'm like, it's it's very frustrating when you're, when you've worked hard. Yeah. And- To have all of that taken away. You don't want a, you don't want a parade. You don't want anything like that. But all you want is just the, the respect to people that they've gone, do you know what? Yeah, they might have a connection to someone remotely famous or whatever, but the fact is, they've worked hard at their own career, and they're there because they've worked hard. Yeah, like I think it comes down to what you were saying earlier, though, about people being bitter because no matter Uh, who you are, people are going to say it because people will say, "Oh, well, Joel's only in Hamilton because he's engaged to Carrie, but Carrie was only the leading lady in every fucking West End show because her brother was in McFly, so you'll never win." And then no, I mean, Tom the will probably is, get a TV gig because he's Carrie's brother. <clears throat> the thing is, though, like, of and obviously, I very much understand that if me and Carrie did a project together, of course, that is opening the elements in the sense of a lot of fans would come and watch it because me and Carrie are working opposite each other or whatever. Like, we are very fully aware of what that could generate. However, but that's also the same as any show having a named actor. Yeah, but Tom, billboard. like, Tom has no influence. Yeah, on producers, Carrie has no influence on producers. Like none of us have an input. Like I don't think people really understand. But everyone thinks what, that what Carrie's happens. got Lin Manuel Miranda on speed dial, and she goes, yeah, "Oh my like, god, I, I've, my 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 fiance." Yeah. Do you not, know what I mean? And it's not, that's not, not a the chance case. because no, I no. I had a meeting with my agent the other day, and I I fully said like I thought this podcast was going to have more pull than it does. I get 45,000 listeners a week and I thought I'd be able to walk into a casting director's office and go, yeah, I can advertise this shit to nearly 50,000 people a week. Give me the job. That's what I thought was going to happen. It didn't. Yeah. So, like, I think, really, you're only sort of having that influence on people. And I don't think you have it on, like, have the influence to cast other people. I think you only really have the influence to cast yourself. Well, I mean, the thing is also, like, People, people don't. Oh, there's only people that have researched my. And I don't. I don't want to sound like a dick. I don't expect people to research my career. You have quite all. a lengthy spotlight but, CV. I was looking at it last well, night. I've I've just been very very fortunate, mm. and I've been very lucky that I came out of jobs at the right time, and I was the right person for the gig at that at that time, and I've been very very lucky to do things like that. But what gets me is that I'm like, I've not just been like in a cupboard. Or on a shelf. Like I've been a consistent I've been very lucky that I've been a consistent working mm. actor for 15 years. Obviously, bar the pandemic, like everyone else. Yeah. But I've, you know, I've been a working actor for a long time. And so therefore to kind of be like, oh, oh my God, he's in this. And I'm like, Hamilton is an amazing job. Hamilton is is probably bar funny girl, the biggest job I've I've yeah. I've got. But it's still again incredible but just another credit 
Yeah, because at the end of it, if the end of the day, somebody else in whenever your contract runs up will be another King George. Exactly. That's all it is, Ingram. And it's just like it's just the way that obviously sort of since I've been since I've been with Carrie, it's kind of like all of a sudden I've appeared, and I'm like, no, I've 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 been here. It's just the fact that you didn't know I existed, and that probably just comes down to Carrie's social media presence. Yeah, but it's like, but. You know, it, it it doesn't really matter with that. Like, I hugely respect Carrie's career, and she massively respects yeah. mine as well. And of course, that's the, the, of course there's an attraction there in a sense because we're both ambitious people, hmm. but respectfully ambitious. Yeah, like no. What I meant was that she's just because it it hills back to sort of um, Hannah Waddington at Hannah Waddington at the or what's it the Golden Globes or, what, or the Emmys one of yeah, the Hannah, two yeah yeah Hannah Waddingham yeah yeah when she yeah. when she said about giving musical West End but yeah. yeah so like I feel like we do have an issue with that because it's a very sort of neat how many people know who Jodie Steele is Shanak or like yeah so when you've got somebody like Carrie who has sort of transcended that border. Of... Well, yeah. I mean, she's got, you know, because she's got followers from sort of three different pots, really. Yeah. Her, her, her actor's life, her author's life, and her vlogging life. Yeah. So, so... you're going to be in the spotlight more anyway. Of course. But of obviously course. you didn't exist before Carrie took that picture. Yeah. But then in in the same token, I wouldn't expect her vlogging fans or her, her fans of her books to, one, know or care who I am anyway. But 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 act anyone acting wise that follows on musical theatre wise, not that I expect them to know who I am. But it's like just just kind of before look, you speak, before click you the speak. fucking Instagram yeah. app and see what yeah. the crack is. Yeah, yeah. It's kind it's of mad. just be like just just I think, but not just me. I, I'm always like respect everyone. Mm. Like if I work with people, if I like work like the first thing I do. This might be weird to people, but the first thing I do is I, I kind of look at what people have done. I look yes. at their career and and just so I just so I have a genuine respect for people and and also to look at like the newbies and kind of go because I'm now not a veteran but I'm kind of I've been in the business for a few years now so I also feel it's a little bit of my duty to kind of guide those people to not make any mistakes that I made mm. you know and to do anything else. not that I made massive mistakes but just how there's things that you can learn from. Well, like the culture has changed in theatre, the etiquette has changed so much. Mm. You know, like not that people are, but obviously with with a lot of with a lot of mental health problems and, a, and kind of a lot of cases that you have in theatre and a lot of the, the Weinstein and all the all the all those sort of movements that mm. happen, people are probably not as touchy feely in the theatre world yeah. as they used to be. And that's not because people are inappropriate, but some people find it inappropriate and some people don't. Some people find mm. it laughing and joking, some people don't. And you have to gauge. Not yeah. that I, my aim is, oh, we're just going <laughs> to touch someone. Just going to touch know, everyone up. You know, I'm I'm quite, I'm very much a cuddly person. So like, yeah. for example, like you mentioned Shan, like me and Shan would give each other a hug mm. just, just because that's the sort of the love and the vibe of friendship that we feed off each other. Whereas other people in the cast, they might not give me that. Yeah. it might be like a fist bump do, do, do you know what i mean it, you, you mm. just have to know who who it's is just on the way stupid isn't it i don't even know how we started talking about it's, i know it's it's a lot but it, it does yeah it does it does kind of get into mm. that um we're gonna play a quick game it's one of my favorite okay. things in the world it's called stage right or stage shite it's three stories two of them have been submitted by the listeners and are the truth the <clears> truth <throat> and nothing but the truth one of them is made up by our producer heather i've got the answer in a sealed envelope 
with your name on it so I can play along because I'm not doing this podcast if I can't play this game. It's my favourite yeah. thing in the world. So we've got to find out which one is stage shite, which one's the lie. Number one. I went to drama school towards the end of the 80s, and back then there wasn't such a high level of awareness surrounding people's food intolerances. There was this one particularly annoying girl who was lactose intolerant, and during our end-of-year shows, we all thought it would be funny to feed her milk without her knowing, and she shat herself on stage. Number two... One of my students had a really annoying habit of always giving his classmates really negative feedback. He thought he was the best in the class. Is this about me? Um, So I made sure I lost his professional headshots and he didn't get copies of them until after his showcase. Number three, when I first started drama school, I had a bit of a habit of playing drug drug addicts in improv classes. After about six weeks of classes, my lecturer pulled me aside and asked me if I needed her to put me in touch with someone for some help. I had to tell her that I was just a massive fan of Sean Gilder in Shameless and loved the scenes where he was high and was trying to emulate him. Wow. I really, as horrible as it is, I want the girl to have shot herself on stage. Yeah, that was my one. Like, I think that's true. I think I'm going to go for number two because, I mean, there's being a dick and then there's turning around and saying, well, you're not having headshots for showcase. I can't, I just could I mean, if someone did that, that's surely not. Like, that's surely the Surely that you I'm, wouldn't go that far. I'm going that one is a lie. Yeah, I think the la- I think the lactose one, I think people shit themselves all the time. Yeah. Like, and I just feel like if someone was annoying the hell out of you, a bunch of people would just go, let's do this. Mm. And also the third one, when I first started drama school, I was a massive Little Britain fan and did a lot of Little Britain-esque acting. Yeah. So I believe that, and also Sean Gilder's a fucking legend. I'm going to go for number two. You don't have to follow me. You can go for your own one. I'm going for lactose intolerant. Oh, you think that one's a lie? No, I think that... Oh, sorry, we've got to think which one is a lie. Yeah, which one's stage shite? Two of them are true, one's a lie. I think number two. I think number two. I think the headshot's one. Yeah, Yeah, the headshot is definitely... Too far. Number three. Oh, my God, someone actually did number two. Wow. But do you know what? It makes so much sense because... um, I'm currently re-watching Shameless and I've been talking to Heather about it. Oh, wow. that's not that's cool to lot. hide somebody's fucking headshot. No matter how much of a dick they are, just don't, when they put their hand up, don't no, let them speak. Not cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's not cool. Yeah, that's too far. <sighs> that's way too far. That's, yeah. yeah. That's, because also, that's that's ruining someone's career. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I guess the girl's shitting herself is, but it's, it's kind <laughs> of done it, done it in a sort of different way, I guess. <laughs> no, Do you know what I mean? Like, I think... It you is. Know. It's that's that's wrong. That's wrong. It don't matter how much you hate someone. I, I'd never, I'd never do anything to jeopardize anyone's career. Mm. That's not. This cool, is the one it? time that I'm sort of like, should I out this person and go and find the email? Oh my god, no, don't. Because no. that's horrendous. But like, whoever what? that was, you should be ashamed of yourself for doing you that. You should <laughs> be ashamed. Like, why? Why? They must oh. have really not liked that person. I mean, I can get that. There was people that I didn't like in drama school. But, like, I never fucked with anyone. Do you think there was something more to it, though, than just that, maybe? Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like a relationship scenario and they broke up and they were like, do you Mm. know what? No, because we get a lot of those. It just says that he was just a dick in class and she made... Well, they made sure... I don't know what gender they are. They made sure that they lost their professional headshots and didn't get them until after the showcase. But also then wouldn't... Like, I have copies of my headshot. I don't think I... And I had copies of my headshot with me at Showcase. I didn't entrust all of that, so I don't know. Not 
it's not still all of it still a dickhead move not gonna lie to you um yeah yeah. But also, anyone listening out there that's coming up to your showcase, if you've been a particularly a bit of an arsehole in class, <laughs> make Keep sure you have copies of your headshots with you. Um, I mean, now it's probably all digital anyway, isn't it? So I had, because it was, going back to Dan's mom's, I'd seen it years ago where they had like, uh, it wasn't paper and it wasn't photography paper. It was kind of like really thick card, almost cardboard. And it had somebody's headshot on one side and their CV on the back. And I was like, that's the coolest thing in the world. Yeah it's probably really like standard and I had those made and I had them with me at showcase just in case anybody wanted. That's one. what you want. That's what you want. You want you. That's, that's what you're gagging for is mm. that scenario of a headshot CV scenario. And I was like, they're both together and they look professional, but then our uh, uni came out with like really lovely booklets that had all of our headshots and CVs. And I was like, cool, I'll save these. Um, but I do, <laughs> I do want to talk to you um, briefly about Hamilton. What was the audition process like for you? Because obviously it's a massively world-renowned show. Yeah, well, Hamilton was a little bit of a, a very, very good time for me because mm. I'd I'd been on I'd been on the Chicago tour yeah. and I had a and had a wonderful time, but there were certain elements of it that weren't great for me. Um, I feel like that's coming off of all tours at the moment, though. Like, there's always yeah, some shit it, it, it was it was mainly sort of to do with. Obviously, I, I don't want to go into detail because no, I don't, you don't I have don't, to. I, I don't want to go, you know, sort of black slag everyone like off. Yeah, but it, it's kind of like just just things weren't. I just don't think things weren't as well thought through as they should have been, yeah. and I didn't feel like I was treated very nicely on that tour. Um, oh, well, fuck and them. that's that's not by the cast at all because they were. A one of the whole company were a wonderful set of people they really were yeah but basically i found out two weeks before i left that i got hamilton so for me it was like let it me was walk just, around and show everyone it was just the how sweetest thing it was just the sweetest thing to be like do you know what karma karma mm. is a thing and when you treat people with when you don't treat people right Actually, I say that it wasn't. It was one particular person, but when when some when that person wasn't treating you fairly and just to when to have that person find out that information and see their face was just. Did you were you there while you, when they found out? I was. I wasn't, but it was extremely. It was kind of awkward, but I loved um, it oh, because I've been I was like, like, I want to tell you me. know what? Yeah, I was just like, sodgy, bro. Yeah, like that. that's on you. That's on you. And there's, you know, there is, there is a a, a show that wants me, that respects mm. my talent, and respects who I am. And that's the one wonderful thing about about Hamilton. And then you Chicago know. cast Gemma Collins, so you know, like, well, I mean, you know, and swings that, and, and roundabouts. Yeah, and I mean, that's a whole debacle. Yeah. I mean, Chicago's a whole different debacle anyway, because it's a it's a phenomenal show. I just feel like, but well, I just say it anyway. I just feel like they've made they've made certain casting choices over the many years that has just, in in my opinion, tarnished it. Yeah, and, it's and also, a shame. I I want to quickly say because, I I, I, I how am I going to word this? I didn't like that you said you didn't want to blacklist yourself because I do feel like that power shouldn't be had by production companies. I'm not yeah, going to like push no, you to I say who mean. it was. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. Like but in an ideal world, have... we should be saying we're going to blacklist yeah. them. 
Do you know what I mean? You you, ha- you have to. I mean, you know, you have to. You have to play the game. It's so difficult. You do. You do, Ingram. You do have to play the game. Um, I mean, but even if shit. people go, you're in, you're insinuating. It's like regardless of what I'm insinuating, I can't lie. Mm. I didn't feel like I was treated nicely yeah. on that tour by people that by people that were supposed to treat me nicely. When, in my opinion, I'm I'm a nice person. I don't try to be a yeah. dick. You know, but like, I felt like, you know, when people back you into a corner, you're like, you're now making me a dick. Yeah. And that's not who I am because, yeah. because you've got an issue with me. And yeah, I don't know what that issue is. You're forcing my hand right now. Yeah. And I don't know what that issue is. And you're right. You shouldn't have to feel like you're going to get blacklisted, but it, it, it's true. It happened. Yeah, it 100%. Happens. Like, but you know, what I meant was like, we should be saying, for talking sake, say it's me. You should I'd be love like, to well, say the person. Ingram Noble's a dick. Nobody work with him. I would, it's not the power that, we no, have. I would love to be able to be like, this person is not a nice person. They shouldn't be in their job because they don't treat you nicely. But also, in 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 retrospect, if I'd done something to that person, I'd also want them to tell me what I'd done. And they never yeah. did. Mm. So it was just sort of one argument. of those things like I don't like. Yeah, you, it was I'm like tell it was why. like I was like, why have you got, why is there an issue when there doesn't need to be an issue? Like, I don't understand. But in, in Hamilton, the care, it's just the care that is yeah. there for everyone. Like, the, the care, especially, I must admit, especially in a lot of ways for the ensemble, because that that show is so demanding for that ensemble. It's kind of like, I won't say that the ensemble don't do eight shows a week because they do. But there is sort of a rotation element where injury and illness isn't seen as such a problem because people understand the demand of the show. And I feel like if it was like that across the board in a lot of other places I've been to and a lot of other shows I've There'd been to. There'd be no ensemble. With, you know, well, but I just think the care and consideration of everyone, not just the ensemble, of every artist, like, yeah, they really understand the demand of the show. Mm. Not really necessarily for the king. I mean, I've lost my voice a couple of times. And there's nothing really you can do as the king. That's just shit happens, mate, like anything. But for that company, well, for that company, you know, it is a rotation. The swings are always consistently on, but never doing the same track. They're never on for the same track for like eight months. Do you know what I mean? It's, It's rotation. It's about injury and care. And there's physio twice a week. There's a mental health person that comes in once a week. Like, there is so much care in that building, so much. I mean, that's and I've nice never to experienced know. it. It's just amazing. And other shows should come in and take note if they don't have that. Yeah. You know, like, for mm. example, like on, I can believe on Chicago that there wasn't a physio yeah. touring with us because it's like that ensemble. It's mm. so, you know, not just the ensemble. I mean, take Amos and take Billy and take, um, Mary Sunshine and Mama Morton out of the situation. But the Velma and Roxy in the ensemble, mm. do you see what they do? One thing that I like to ask, and you can, because you're still in the show, I, I'll let you dodge this question if you want to, but I do it on every show I'm in. I steal something as a little memento. Have you stolen anything from the show yet? I know you're uh, still there. Have I stolen? No, I haven't actually. I don't, I don't know if there's anything I could steal though. I guess, I guess I might, I guess if I did leave, um, because uh, sidebar, I don't know whether I'm staying or going yet. Anyway, yes. Um, but I well, might, you're still I'll, there. I'll, That's why I'm, I was yeah, like, you can dodge the question. Keep, I might be able to keep my ring. Yeah, I steal something every time I do a show. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I'm trying to think what I. I mean, whatever. Nothing I've of got, value. It's like no, what, whatever I've got, I've been able to have. So yeah. like, you've never run uh, out of the way with it. Vanity Fair in May. 
And I remember sitting in the dressing room on the last night and I'd just come off the stage and there was, I had these, a big massive bag of gold coins that I used for gambling. And I was like, they're shitty plastic coins and a shitty yeah. plastic bag. I'm having them. Yeah. And I mean, there's, like, things like you, there's things you can keep. There's things that people let you keep. Yeah. I didn't you ask. I, mean? I did take them. Like, I just, like, I think I've bag. got, I think I've got, I think I've, I think I've got my miners boots mm. and my tap boots from Billy. Yeah. somewhere like i think i've got stuff like that you know things you like like i got from you're in town i got my i was a, a swing on you're in town but i've got my my glasses that had a yeah. little crack in and they've still got a bit of blood in them and stuff like stuff like that like things yeah. that i was like uh like i know carrie's got her heather's mallet yeah upstairs. stuff like that so you can keep certain things mm. but they, they are very funny about it yeah. I, I understand why because they paid for it i do yeah. understand why they paid for it but but sometimes like for example, if I'm like, I'd love to take the crown, they're going to say no. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's a ridiculous <laughs> amount of money, which I understand. Um, but like maybe keeping my little gold ring, I don't really think they're going to have a massive problem with yeah. me maybe keeping my gold ring. If I've I only that. ever been told no once. And it was when I played Macbeth and I said, like, I know that this is a big thing, but I'm going to ask for it. Can I have the dagger? And they were like, no. Yeah. Like, no. So I no, took one of the shirts people. that was covered in blood. It was right. all blunted and stuff, but I took one of the shirts that was covered in blood and I just took a, I cut a, a scrap of the blood out of it and threw it in the box. But yeah, I That's wanted I mean. the dagger, but they were like, no. Um, but if anyone wants to come and see you in Hamilton, what day are you off? So, because I know there's a massive thing about like, oh, well, I came to see you and you weren't on. Listen, illness, holiday, it happens. Yeah, it's so shut the fuck up. Oh, honestly, like I, I half term had a lot of friends that came in like, oh, good, we couldn't see. And I'm like, yeah, but it would have been worse if I would have done the show because you would have been like, you're horrendous. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's I think it's safer to be off when you're yeah. ill or when you're on holiday. But yeah. the, I think the only weeks, I'm, well, not I think the only weeks I'm on holiday is the last week in January. And I think the week of the 13th of March is when I'm off We're up, right. with me and Carrie going away. Um Otherwise, I'm Anywhere usually nice? there eight shows a week. Are you not telling people that? No, we did. I mean, we're going to in. I'm taking her to Disneyland Paris for a thirtieth birthday because it's the thirtieth anniversary. So I thought I'd take her to her thirtieth birthday. Although her birthday was in October, but this is a, again another thing with me and Carrie. Our schedules are so yes. crazy. It, like trying to find time together is so difficult. Mm. Um, so the last week in Jan, Paris, and then I'm taking her to Iceland, and then um. We are going to Rome and Pompeii. I really Mar want to go to Iceland because Northern Lights are on my bucket list. Yeah, well, Carrie's always wanted to do that. And, I, and I'd love to do the Northern Lights, actually. But obviously, there's no guarantee you see them. Yeah. So we're hoping that we'll get to see them on the first night. <laughs> we're hoping. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got two more questions because I'm aware that we're, course, we're running fine. on. Um, no, it's fine. If, if I came to you tomorrow and say Hamilton's not in the mix, and I said, listen, I've got, I want to do a two-hander, and but I don't know who I want your play partner to be you can pick anyone in the world who's alive who you picking and i'm gonna just say not carry <laughs> okay can't pick carry um that's really hard because there's so many people on so on for different reasons yeah 100 um, percent. the play is going to be written about you both as well like once it's locked in cast like you don't have to like think oh who's going to be my lenny gcse english I, joke there ge genuinely really hard to answer i wouldn't i wouldn't want to pick oh well I'm, i'll carry my campaign on catherine tate it's starting to feel very personal 
that I've been calling you out for over a hundred weeks, and we've still not done a two-hander in the West End together. There you are, you see. Start That's to feel very because I know she's listening. I know she's sat there. Dead. She's such a fan of mine. I know she's listening, and it's starting to feel personal. So, Kath, do you know what, Catherine? Just come on the podcast, and we'll be fine. Yeah, Catherine, come on, come and join. I've asked um, so many. I tell you what, times. if it was anyone famous, probably Julie Walters. That's a shout. That she's is a just, shout. Well, my thoughts are: unreal. you're always going to pick your friends, aren't you? Right, but like, like for talking, There's so to... many mates I could pick. That's the problem. But like. Also, if I'm going to have this once, I can get my mates together and we can do a two-hander. But if I can yeah. pick somebody that I don't have access to on a probably, day-to-day basis... Probably Julie Walters. Yeah. I just think she's just... she's the For me, she's just the epitome of British culture in acting, I think. you know, Taking out your, sort of your Helen Mirrens and your Judy Denches, w- women-wise especially. But mm. yeah, I just think she's an icon. You know icon. what? I'd come and see that. I'd make the trip to London. And I'd come and see that. I would do it for free. Well, I'm aware Catherine Tate would make me look like a piece of shit. And I'm like at peace with that. Yeah, like, I'm fine with it. I'm fine that I would I would probably come out of character anyway and just stare at her in amazement. Like, I'm just in love. But then I also do say sometimes that if I was skin, I'd want to do it with somebody I could write a book about at the end of it. Like a tell-all. Do you know what the thing is with Julie Walters? What comes across to me is... She seems like the sort of person that doesn't judge you. Like, mm. I feel like I could sit in a room with her over her first reading and I could feel like I'm absolutely awful. And she'd like, turn around and go, great. I feel the same. Yeah. I think yeah. I like her and Catherine for the same reason. I think I could bump into them and get pissed with them. I don't drink anymore, but I feel yeah. like they wouldn't be these like celebrity people that have got like an yeah. image and stuff. Um, do you know, I did a, I did a, I did a little episode of, well, not with her, but I did a little episode of um, Girlfriends with, mm. bless, who's Kay Mella, who's not with us anymore um, now, who's just, Kay was the loveliest yeah. woman in the world. So supportive, so lovely. And she gave me a little a part. Um, and I did, my scene was with, um, oh, Matt, uh, is it Matthew Lewis who played? Never Long Long. Never- yeah. yeah, was with Matt Lewis, who was lovely, and Zoe Wanamaker. And I remember sort of doing the first take, and I just fluffed my lines, and she just went, take your time, it's all cool. And it was just that sort of line from someone that I respected so much, who is such a, an icon in British yeah. acting. And that's all I needed. And mm. it was fine. I wouldn't say my... T- it wasn't like I was given a, a monologue, but it was just like something to go, like, she could see that it was nerve-wracking for me. She could see that it was just, oh, let's go, go. And being used to theatre, which obviously yeah. she's, you know, not just big in TV, but big in theatre. Yeah. She could see that I was more of a theatrical person and therefore liked a little bit of rehearsal, liked a little bit of... Took a little bit of processing. Yeah, yeah. Like... And it, was, it wasn't like it was hard. I wasn't giving, you know, I wasn't giving Othello. Yeah. It was, it was that sort of thing of just, she was just like, you know, listen, take your time. It's all cool. It's, it's, it, you know, nice, it's your it? time to get it right. And... And it was just, and then the second time, I, it was fine. I think we did two takes, and that was it. It was done. But it was just that comment that you just needed. Yeah, like, you know, and it just puts you totally at ease, doesn't it? Because it wasn't judgmental. Yeah, you're just like, it's okay, just, let's do it. Yeah, you know, not the fact that in my head, in fact, going, I've got the guy that played Neville Longbottom, which I've watched every single movie that he was in because I was a, you know, I was, you know, obviously when you were a kid, a huge Harry Potter fan when all those films came out. Obviously, you have to be careful about saying that you're a huge Harry Potter fan now. Um, um, I, I struggle with that immensely. I don't think I've got it to hand. 
I literally, she liked one of my tweets, she who shall not be named. I printed it out and put it in a photo frame. But what I just like to say every time it does come up is that we don't support um, she who shall not be named. And if you can still be a fan of Harry Potter, just do not financially support her anymore. If you want to read the books, send me a DM and I'll send you a copy of mine. Yeah, well, there you are. You see, that's you know, that's that's fine. It's because anyway, we all grew up there. Yeah, I was, we all grew up. I was there. a fan of the films. I was a fan of the films, fan of the books, and obviously seen Matt Lewis in a lot of those films. As Zoe Wanamaker was in those films, but um, yeah, it was oh, what was it? My family. Yes, that I remember watching um, Zoe in. Um, so you know, it's that, and then I had a scene with Phil uh, Deloitte. Yeah, Phil uh, Deloitte, not Phil Deloitte, Phyllis Lloyd, mm. Phyllis Lloyd. Phyllis Deloitte's the director, who's a wonderful actress that's married to Kevin McNally, and she's in um, she's in Downton Abbey. Who's married to Kevin Phyllis McNally? Phyllis Logan. All right, okay. You got there before theory. Hmm. For me, uh, even at early 30s, I was just like, these are these are big. Oh, fuck this. I'm, I'm big I'm actors. Deep. <laughs> and I'm, you know, and I'm opening a door and going, oh, uh, sorry, love, we need to break in. And that's all I'm saying and running up the stairs, but it's still like, it's just that, go, 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 you know. It's as if I'd be like that with Ian McKellen or Patrick Stewart or, you know. Just disgustingly talented people, innit? Like... Yeah, but also have had the opportunities to do that and become the Patrick Stewart and the... Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's another thing and that's another thing. Not that I'm comparing my career any way near to any of them, but it's been on a... It's been lucky to be on a roll. You've got one thing, then you've got another thing, then you've got another... You know, and... Mm. Like I have the biggest. This is this is. I don't. This is going to come across as really arrogant and egotistical, but it, it it's not meant to. But my old agent, I had. Um, he rang me one day, and I'm thinking, why is it? Also, I'm also going. I'm in the middle of a job. Why are you ringing me? Because I normally don't hear from you until three months before I've got to leave the job and go hello. Yeah. Um. And he rang me, and he was like, oh, I just want to say that a young guy came in today, and I asked him what he wanted to do you know, what type of career you wanted? And his answer was, oh, a career like Joel Montague's. And you can't ask for much better than that, can you? But to, to hear that from one person, one person, doesn't matter if you got millions, of, but the one person to go, I want a career like yours. I've said that about other people. Yeah. And that, that meant, that meant more to me than probably any compliment that anyone would give me in a show. It's mm. like, no, I want a career like yours. And that's just... I'd have a career like you know, yours, just like minus the singing. Thanks, mate. I can't but do, do the singing. I mean? it, it was that that makes you go, yeah. oh, maybe I am doing the right a, thing. a good thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because mm. um, there's no guidebook to this either. No. And you, Hamilton... you never know if you're doing the right thing. No, and Hamilton being the pinnacle. So, yeah, back, back to the original point, if I was to do... Yeah, I, I would want to do it opposite someone's career who I love. Danny Mays. Mm. Danny Mays, love his career. I think he's an unbelievable actor, Danny Mays. Mm. Yeah. yeah. My second choice, well, second and third choice, would be um, Ruth Jones, because she's just a fucking icon. And then <laughs> um, Jodie Latham, who was lip and shameless. Yeah. Like they're, like, they're like my three. Or Stephen Graham, actually, because I love Stephen Graham. Yeah. Well. Yeah. He's great. All of them. There's so many people you could do. Emma Thompson. There's just so many people. I don't want to so do a two-hander. I want to do like an ensemble, like full, full cast, 30-page <laughs> yeah. program. Full, um, full dance routine. 
well maybe not that um but like can't dance can't sing don't really know what i'm doing we have a closing tradition on the podcast where i asked the previous guest to leave a question for the current guest they don't know who they're asking you won't know who you're asking but the question that has been left for you is how has your trajectory as an actor changed or informed you as a human being lots especially since lockdown yeah i think pre pre lock pre-pandemic I think from college onwards, you were always looking for the next thing, the next project, the thing, I guess for me, the thing that you could vault, could vault you to the next level, I guess, or springboard you to another bracket, mm. whatever yeah. that may be. Trying now, to get higher up that HMRC tax bracket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. lower that bit, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but now it's about my life and mm. theatre, or not just theatre, but acting, has become a secondary thing for me, really, because, you know, now I've got a gorgeous fiancé and we want to have a family at some point. And... Rub it in. Yeah. <laughs> You're younger than me, so it's fine. Um, uh, not by much, I don't think. I'm 35. Oh, then maybe by a little bit. What, are you 25? 24. Yeah, there you are, you see? I didn't think you were um, that old. Exactly. Well, thank you. Do you know what I mean? Stop I it. shouldn't have said that old. <laughs> Rude. No, I, I thought I thought there was only a couple of years between me and you. Listen, we'll go with that, shall we? Let's yeah, go I was that. I was hedging bets on like twenty seven. I think it's still on the spotlight twenty five to thirty five. <laughs> <which I'm like, laughs> Mine's still I'm sixteen at, to twenty four. I need to change. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to say. Uh, I'm gonna have to say twenty eight now. Well, I uh, noticed the other day I was looking at my spotlight, and um, my dad lives in Newcastle, and my mum lives in Chichester. So my like three locations are like Glasgow. Uh, London, because basically, and then it said Newcastle, and I was looking at it, and it said Newcastle, Northern Ireland, and I went, not that one. Yeah, not that, that accent. It was right on the. Fo- well, I can do the accent, but I can't. I don't have anywhere to stay there. I won't be able to. I'd honestly. It's, so yeah, I mean, I um, I think it has. Uh, obviously, it's changed from the pandemic, but I think most yeah. people's did. I think most people's did. I think you know, life is life is far more important. And also, I think what this was another thing that happened on sort of on the element of Chicago when we went back, because Chicago was the first job that a lot of us had done since the pandemic. The way that people were treated in the room, Mm -hmm. there was not a lot of consideration for what had just happened. Yeah. So the separation anxiety, the performance anxiety, the confidence in your own work and people are like well it's supposed to be like this i'm like it's not it, yeah. i've been sat on a couch for two years it's not it's yeah a lot to deal with what question would you like to leave for the next guest you can now become an official drama school dropout we're now on patreon and you can help this podcast grow on so many levels As an official Drama School Dropout, you'll have access to unique benefits, including exclusive early access to episodes before anyone else. To become an official Drama School Dropout, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash drama school dropout. But what's, what's coming up next for you? Obviously, you're still in Hamilton. Anything else we're allowed to talk about? Anything like that? Not really. I think um, you know, I think you'll see a lot, a lot more of maybe me and carry on the socials. I think with our new little account because we started that because I think people were kind of they might not be, but if people were interested, <laughs> they might not us, be. 
they might not be at all. But you know what? I'm all, I'm always like, if you're not, don't follow. It's fine. Like it's not a big issue. Um, but we found a lot of that a little bit. Like people were just like, just unfollow us. It's fine. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Like um, why, you came and followed me, but don't like my content. Makes lots yeah. Of... But also like the one thing that we've, you know, the one thing that I love about it is the fact that it's just about being positive and being happy and i think i think it's really hard to be happy in this industry yeah. and i'm i'm very lucky i found her very lucky again rubber in you know <laughs> yeah but as all in, the single I, people listening to this but I've never, into the, but the thing is ingram i've never really been in a relationship that much i think yeah. the longest relationship i had was about a year and a half and i've just never found a person <laughs> i'm maybe quite different from some people in the business but i don't just go there for going there's sake i'm like if if there's nothing yeah like i'm very i'm very um i think i was very upfront with with what it was with that person whatever that may be you know if yeah. it was if it was you're never leading where, anyone on yeah exactly but then also going is this a person that i could be with for the rest of my life no so therefore you know if they have more feelings then we need to stop because it's not cool, you know. Um, but yeah, it was. I don't know why I went into that, but that was quite. <laughs> I don't know if you've shared the story. Are you allowed to tell us how how you got engaged? Yeah, yeah. Have I missed uh, that? No, yeah, we no, we just done our live recently, but it's fine. I don't, I don't expect you to watch every waking moment. Um, but yeah, what can I say? I'm, this podcast is just a front because I'm a super fan. Guys, dead. I'm, I'm finally in the living room. Dead. No, it's um, yeah. I mean. So we started dating in May, mm-hmm. um, and then I I knew, I just knew, like I knew, and me and Carrie have always had very similar interests. We love going to the theatre. We love Disney, which is pretty obvious to everyone else. Um, we just, and I just think what I love about her more than anything is she's just such a happy, positive person. Mm. Like she's so loving and caring. Like the Carrie that people see is Carrie. Yeah. It's not, there's nothing different to what you see. The difference is, is like you said before about the ownership of people thinking that they know yeah. her. And it's like, yeah, but we all have, we all have our, you know, our isms and whatever, but the person that everyone sees as Carrie is, that's exactly what she is. Mm. It's who she is. And, and I, like everyone f- fell in love with that kind of a person, someone that was positive and loving and, you know, we bumped into each other at the end of sort of towards the end of April, just started chatting and, you know, things kind of went from there, really. Mm. And, um, yeah, it was just a whirlwind. It was really like a whirlwind romance, which, again, obviously people love to comment on, but we knew what it was. Yeah. We were really aware that things were moving fast because we were like, but we're also like, but why does it need to slow down if there's nothing to slow it down? Like, what are we, what yeah. are we slowing down for? If there's, if we've talked about, like, we talked about everything, everything, our history, our past, or whatever it is, how we feel, how things make us feel, or whatever. And even now, bit by bit, you know, we go along and we find little things and we talk about it and whatever. Because for me and for her, I, I think I can safely say for her, but relationships about communication. And if you can consistently communicate about how you feel, maybe that's always... what I'm doing wrong. But I don't because I, don't... I throw plates off walls. Dead. I don't talk. But but that's the thing. Like you don't. But also, 
it's very hard to just get to that stage straight away. Do you mm. know what I mean? And we were just, ch we're very chatty people. I'm not going to go to detail about when because people no. always have this thing of when. But, oh my um, God, let me mark it on my calendar so I can send you a card you know, next yeah, year. But I mean, like, there are some people that would do that. That's what I mean. Um, but basically, I obviously, I, w I went and asked her parents, not that I, yeah, I, I, I know some people are, subscribe to that like tradition she's not a no one's a possession yeah uh, but i just see it as a respect thing mm. that's all um and it's kind of know, a big it, thing in it like you know it's a it's a massive thing that's what it means people like it's a massive thing because mm. you then become part of each other's family yeah you know mm. as much as you're marrying each other you know would you have still done it if they said no i mean yeah i would have done i just would have done it with a heavy heart <laughs> yeah. do you know what i mean um, Sorry, Mr. Fletcher. Carrie's got Carrie's got a really loving and wonderful family, and yeah. you know my mum and dad are, are incredible, and they both get on really well, and they both thank God like me, and my parents love Carrie, so it it, it kind of worked. And <clears throat> I got in touch with my friend Jack, who runs a theatre cafe, and because I, she's like Miss Marple, she knows everything that goes yeah. on. She does not miss that. That girl does not miss a trick. Ingram. She does not miss anything. She's so intelligent and so on it. And, you know, I, I always want to act like I hate it, but I secretly love it. Yeah. I love it. And basically, I devise this sort of treasure hunt as a promotional tool for the theatre cafe. Love that. Um, and every place she went to, she had a clue. And yeah, she went to different, different theatres. So they started the Palladium. So I'll tell you, they started the Palladium because that's where she did Chitty when she was a kid. Oh, you're a thoughtful bastard, aren't you? Um, I am a thoughtful bastard. And then she she read a clue and that took her to the Prince Edward where she did Mary Poppins. And the clue was in, wasn't in, it was in the children's dressing room. So not the dressing room that she was in as a kid, but was in the children's dressing room where she said it was emotional because she saw all the Jane Banks hats, which made her quite emotional. Um... And then it took her to the Sondheim, which is where she did Les Mis, or the palace where she did Heathers, and then the Victoria Palace, and that's where I proposed. But I'm not going to tell you how. No, that's your business, but it's also but, um, disgusting. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it was really sweet, and um, it was just. It was just different, and it kind of related to a lot because it was stagey in the sense of it had theatres and it had our passion. But it wasn't that it was like. Here's but it's stagey in people. essence because you two are stagey, but it's not. Yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't a performance. Like, yeah, it wasn't a performance. I mean, it, there, there was elements of it that were kind of theatrical, but it, but it was, it was just. I just felt it was just right. Did she twig? It was, or did you catch her by surprise? No, I mean, she she knew she knew something was going on. But yeah, she wasn't. But the, luckily, the theatre cafe were very good, and they kept throwing her off. Your next but, job is yeah. around the corner. Yeah, like as what I can say is, as she read the last clue, she got very emotional because obviously she knew what was, what was coming. Yeah. yeah, no, you don't have to tell people. You no, know. not at all. Nobody I'm owns sure that story. In, sure at some point in twenty years' time, we will when the like, memoir comes out. We will like you know say, show everyone what actually happened. But did you video maybe, it? Yeah, we did the whole. Yeah, the whole because that was the thing. So the theater oh. cafe filmed. And photographed it as if it was part of a promotional you tool. Clever bastard. Yeah, so she didn't really think anything of. Oh. Luckily, her best mate Scott, Scott Page, the wonderful Scott Page. Yes. 
He's where can everyone there. find you on social media? And where can everyone <laughs> I am on, on well, I am on the Twitter. I don't know how long we're all going to be on oh. Twitter, but I'm, I'm on the Twitter. Are you, are you uh, verified? Are you verified blue? No, I'm not. I'm not a blue badge. I'm not famous. Do you know, I nearly um, thought about paying the eight quid for it. I was like, I really want a blue badge. Dead. Dead. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't even know that you could. Well, it was a new thing, wasn't it? He's, he's sort of taken over, isn't he? <sighs> Ridiculous. Um, so basically, I'm John Montague 10 on every social platform on that um, Instagram and TikTok. That's my handle. Amazing. Well, we've come to the end. I'm aware we've now been running for nearly two hours. Can't, it's fine. can't wait to out, edit this. Cut out all the bullshit that I speak about about bad, uh, bad the, things. The bullshit's fun. But thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Genuinely, it's been such a pleasure, pleasure. chatting with you. And yeah, hopefully I'll make Hamilton one day. Yeah, well, just let me know. Let me know if you're around. No, I'm not coming down for Christmas. My mum's coming here. But anyway, have a lovely day and I'll speak we'll to you do. soon. Take care and goodbye, mate. Bye. And there we have it, another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 120 completed. Thank you so much to Joel for coming on the podcast, and make sure to follow us both on social media, which you'll find down in the show notes below. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave us a rating and a review on the podcast. It helps us out so much you don't even know. If you have a story for Stage Right or Stage Shite, please go down into the show notes and click the link to the Google form and submit your story. And remember that you can now become an official Drama School Dropout by signing up to our Patreon using the link in the show notes below i'll be back again next tuesday have a great week stay safe i love you drama school dropout no graduation day for you drama school dropout thought your whole course now try something new drama school dropout